It's a Fast Five Star Friday. Welcome back to the Fast Five Star Podcast, presented by the Wide World of Rome and hosted by yours truly, Jimmy Robertson, head football coach at Fairleigh Dickinson University. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of the FFSP as we continue on our quest of being Fast Five Star. Are you process-oriented? What exactly is the process? Seven-time national champion coach Nick Saban, the current head coach at the University of Alabama, has championed the saying, focus on the process, not the outcome. It's all about the process, the steps to get it done. It's a foundational aspect of being Fast Five Star. Well, I'm fired up for today's guest on the FFSP as we have Coach Anthony Caljean, quality control coach at the University of Akron, joining the show. Akron is a D1 FBS program that competes in the MAC. In our conversations, you're going to get an inside look into Coach Caljean's process, his steps to get it done. And it's a fast five-star one. I highly, highly recommend that you get out your pen and notebook because Coach is about to drop some serious knowledge on us all. We talk about his process and strategies for social media, brand building, recruiting, creating a culture, and much, much more. So without further ado... Here's my conversation with Coach Tony Caljean, quality control coach at the University of Akron. Welcome to another edition of the FFSP. I'm fired up for today's guest as we have an individual that has really made a name for himself and has created a brand for himself the last few years. We have Coach Anthony Caljean. Special Teams Quality Control Coach at the University of Akron, joining us today. Coach, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Well, we appreciate it, Coach. And to start us off, can you just please give our listeners some insight into who you are, your background, and some past experiences that have now led to your current role at Division One FBS University of Akron? Yeah, absolutely. Uh so my name is Anthony Caljean. I'm a Jersey guy. Played uh, uh, high school football right right next to uh, FDU at Bernard's High. Um, was lucky enough to go on and, and play football at Lafayette College uh, under a great staff. And uh, just learning football from them really gave me like the the itch and the the bug to want to go learn more. And uh, the, the the friends that I made there and guys I played with were just my best friends. Um, couldn't imagine like getting away from the game and that camaraderie. So. Uh, started off uh, coaching at, at uh, Bernard's under Coach Simnel. Um, first year was just linebackers coach. Next year was defensive coordinator. So uh, got a lot of responsibilities. And kind of looking back now, I, I don't know if I really knew what I was doing. Um, but he gave me that, that opportunity. It was awesome. So uh, then I, I GA'd at Bethel. Uh, I worked with running backs. So that was my first time on the offensive side, which was awesome. I, I learned so much about just the things that, you know, I, the, the method of the madness that I didn't know uh, on defense before, you know, it was one of those things that, like, I wish I would have known that as a player. It would have helped my career so much more. Um, from there, I went to Franklin and Marshall, spent two years there, 
first year with safeties, next year with linebackers, and then uh, moved on to Ursinus, uh, working with D-line and linebackers, um, and became a special teams uh, coordinator there. And then just through quarantine and clinicking and, and doing all that, that Zoom stuff, connected with Coach Hurd and was lucky enough that, you know, kind of when our, our season got at, at our sinus got canceled, you know, something popped open at, at Akron and was able to, uh, to make the jump. So uh, it's been really, really awesome and just learning more about special teams than I ever knew possible. So uh, it's you know, every day is a, a new day to learn. So it's been great. Oh, I'm sure. And some great experiences there, coaching multiple levels. And I love having a New Jersey guy on, Coach. You know, here at FDU, we're, we're trying to build something special here in New Jersey. So always love having Jersey guys on. And, and Tony, I want to just jump right into it. I alluded to it in your intro, but these last few years, you've really made a name for yourself on social media, creating a personal brand. And even through this pandemic, you know, you really have, you know, taken it to a whole nother level now on social media. So can you kind of dive into what you've done on social media, how it's so important, why it's so important, you know, and, and just give our listeners some insight into all that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I definitely think social media is like your opportunity to, to tell your story. Um, and like, it's, it's free, you know, like people used to pay, you know, thousands of dollars. People still do for, for advertisements and stuff like that. Like this is your opportunity to do that. So I think I was really inspired by like the coach Collins staff uh, at Temple and now at Georgia Tech because uh, I was at her sinus, um, you know, had dreams of, you know, going to the FBS level and I'm kind of keeping track of what they're doing. And like they were killing social media. And I thought everything that they were doing was so cool. Uh, so I think it really started for me in like probably somewhere around 2018 where I just started making, you know, extra movies and stuff like that. Like we, we had like this little thing called Coffee with a Coach. And, uh, you know, we had player profiles and, and that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, it was like the, the, the intro was longer than the actual like segment itself. So I, I didn't really know what I was doing just yet. And we were probably getting, you know, maybe 50 views, 100 views. Um, and then I think I really found myself like winter of 2019, um, just answering the same recruiting questions over and over and over again. So one day, I get back from recruiting. I'm sitting, you know, at home. And I just film myself on my iPhone, uh, just giving a couple couple tips. And I post that. And all of a sudden, it was like 500 views. And I was like, wait a second. Like, this makes sense now. Like, this is something that, you know, it's it's a niche that I have. I, I have this information that, you know, you go online. And, and I mean, now, like, you see, you know, Coach Sandlin does a good job, uh, Aaron Hodges. Um, but there weren't a lot of guys at the time giving, like, recruiting tips. Uh, at least for free, you know, you, you had all like the, the different recruiting services. So um, I made it like my mission, like December, 2019, I'm like, okay, like I need to be the recruiting guru. I need to be the pe like the person that, you know, the players are following. And then because the players are following, the coaches are going to follow. And I, I know I can help, you know, players find their, their right fit, understand the process. That's just, it's really, you know, convoluted as it is. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, market myself better to, you know, a potential employer. So um, I think leading up to quarantine, um, I was really starting to dive into it. We were making better videos. Uh, we started doing like a, a podcast and I, I thought that was going really well. Uh, and then when quarantine hit, that's when I kind of like had like my renaissance. Like I was going on hikes. I was listening to a lot of Gary Vee. 
uh, and just getting like inspired every day. So I, I dove into TikTok. I'm like mm-hmm. making these 15 second videos that are just either like funny or just informative. Um, and it was like one day, like one of the videos just popped and had like 200,000 views. I'm like, okay, like this is for real now. So I started, you know, making pictures. I, I started making a, a, a blog and then kind of through the podcast, I got a lot of really great feedback from alumni parents, but I realized like the kids weren't really listening to it. And I'm like, well, you know what? Like kids probably aren't really listening to podcasts. So then I started going on Instagram live and like we did like a live TV show and stuff like that. Uh, And all the meanwhile, like I'm on NCSA, I'm on field level and I'm pushing kids to our questionnaire, my, my social media. And it was like, you know, from December uh, 2019, when I had like 3000 followers, I hit like 10,000 by the summer. And it was like, you know, it was was overwhelming, but it was, it was was cool. Um, And, you know, every kid that asked me for an evaluation, I was like getting back to. So like, there were some really, really long days there, but it was like, it was quarantine. There was nothing else going on. Um, So I, you know, wake up in the morning, we do our our staff zoom meeting. And then I'd spend the rest of the day, like coming up with social media ideas, responding to kids, like watching films and stuff like that. So um, it was, it was really, really good for me. Uh, And then obviously coming to Akron, like helped. I went from like 10,000 to like 20,000 and like two or three months, which, like that was not the growth that I was at, but you know, being at Akron, more people want to be recruited by us. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it also has like given me more, like people just more people follow me now um, because of, of those uh, like tips and stuff like that. And um, I don't know, it, it's just been a, a really, really cool journey. You know, uh, I think you know, I, I've talked to a couple of players at Akron have kind of picked my brain on like, Hey, like, you know, I want to grow social media following. I want to start podcasting or doing something like that. Like, you know, what are the things I need to do? And I'm like, I told them the same thing. I, you know, it's, it's your chance to tell your story. Um, but the, the weird part about it is it's not about what you want. It's about what's in it for your audience. And it's about the, the value that you can bring to your audience or to the market. Um, mine just happened to be recruiting tips, you know, for some of these guys, it might be, you know, what's it, uh, it you know, what's it like as a division one walk-on? What's it like as a division one scholarship player? Mm-hmm. Things that other people outside really want to know. Um, I also think like the next biggest thing is probably, you know, finding your voice um, and finding what platform works for you. Uh, you know, obviously, like I said, like, you know, the kids weren't listening to the podcast, but, you know, parents were, mm-hmm. um, kids were on Instagram. Um, and the way I kind of look at it now, you know, for coaches, you know, Twitter for them is almost like LinkedIn. Like that's where they're, they're going for their information. It's professional. Uh, they know that the coaches are on there. So they're a little bit more cognizant of that. Uh, I couldn't put the same stuff that I was putting on Twitter on Instagram or TikTok or Snapchat. Uh, and this kind of like trial and error, like learning that, like, okay, like what's getting hits on Twitter isn't getting hits on Instagram, like Instagram, they're going there for, they want to see a picture, you know, um, they, they want to think less, you know? Um, so I kind of realized, okay, like the, the recruiting information is for Twitter and that's going to get retweeted by the coaches and like, it'll get to the kids. Instagram is going to be more like the behind the scenes. All right. This is what our facilities look like. This is what, you know, that looks like. Um, and that, that's where like, that's what gets hits on Instagram then like Snapchat is like the behind the scenes of all of that. Like that's like, they're completely like, they want to see who you are as a person then. So 
Um, and I said, like, just going through trial and error, you know, something that I thought was going to blow up because it blew up on Twitter, would just fell flat on its face on Instagram. Uh, and then TikTok is like really, really interesting because it's like really sporadic and like everything is in 15 second increments and just kids will scroll and scroll and scroll and get, you know, a thousand different stories. What I found on there is like, and I've probably had my most success just with views and stuff like that. Um, is like, it's not even really getting to the football kids, but it's getting to like all high school athletes who are interested in the recruiting process. So the stuff I put out there is like even more general than like my Twitter stuff. So as I said, it's just kind of finding, you know, what your story is and how you're going to tell it, but then also finding how each platform and each medium reaches like the, that target audience. Um, you know, I think the next big thing is authenticity. Um, there are so many ads out there and these kids are so good at like scrolling and seeing what are ads. Cause there were times, you know, I had a post that would try to direct us, direct the kid to our camp or something like that. And as soon as you went in for that ask, you know, like it, it would be the, the one post that's wedged in, you know, this one has 200, you know, likes this one has, you know, 300 likes. And then this one has 15 likes, you know? So um, you have to be very, very weary of, going in for that ask. So I think you got to be really, really authentic in what you're doing. Um, otherwise like people are just going to kind of know and just keep on scrolling. Um, next biggest thing is probably consistency, like being on there all the time. And, you know, it's funny. I was talking to a, a guy I work with today who, you know, he created a link tree. He created a Twitch, a TikTok, like all today, like just trying to grow his social media a little bit more, but like this didn't come naturally to me. Like I wasn't blowing up like Facebook, 10 years ago trying to tell everyone about my life. Like it, as I said, kind of came to me like, okay, like this is a necessity. Like, you know, I have these FBS aspirations. Um, who's going to take a shot on a division three coach who hasn't shown like these extra skills. Um, so just putting that message out there all the time. So, you know, if you were at the, the corner store and you're thirsty, you're looking for something to drink and you got Coca-Cola or, you know, young Burt's, you know, craft cola, you're probably going to go with Coke because you've heard their message before. You know what they're about. You're just more comfortable uh, making that decision. So, you know, the more I can put my face out there, my ideas, uh, the more people are going to be drawn to me than the next recruiter, the next college coach, the next college program. So, um, and then I think like finally the, the last biggest thing is just being really, really interactive. Like I said, when I first like got onto that grind, I was responding to every single message and like, I've hit 20K now, which is awesome, but it's, it's like too much to, to handle. And like, maybe I'm like, <laughs> I think I'm too cool now. So I, I don't respond to every kid and I feel bad. Like part of me hurts. I respond to every coach. Um, but back in the day, like, I, you know, in a, a single day, you get 300 messages. Like I'd respond to them. It might not be that day, but it was like the next two days, three days. Um, you know, I, I used to hop onto like the O-line chats and, you know, giving my defensive two cents and kind of trying to learn from them. And uh, there was an LB chat back in the day. And then just with all the Zoom clinics and stuff like that. But, you know, interacting with the people who are interacting with you and like posting something that people will respond to and then being able to respond back to them. Now, that's a little bit different in the recruiting world, um, but it, it definitely brings a lot of value. And like you need to find your flag bearers, you know, like uh, the social phenomena of like the tipping point. You know, you always are going to have your early adopters, like the people who are standing outside to buy the iPhone. 
Uh, and you need those people to say, hey man, the iPhone's awesome. And then they're gonna put the Yelp review up and the Google review. And then all of a sudden everyone in the world is, 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 has an iPhone because like you can't live without it. So you need to find those people. Like I know that if I tweet something good about recruiting, I'm gonna have, there's like 40 high school coaches ac across the country that are gonna re retweet it be like, say it louder for the people in the back and like all that stuff. Like, I love it. Exactly. So you got to find those people and then love them up. Um, Cause as I said, like they're, they're going to be the ones that, that carry your message uh, further than, than you can. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's really kind of the extent of, you know, it's, brand building it's awesome stuff. Mind. It's awesome stuff, coach. I mean, that's how we connected on social media mm -hmm. and seeing all the stuff you did and all those things you said, you do it. You are authentic on there. You are consistent on there. I mean, you're putting the content out day in and day out relentlessly you know, we talk about being fast five star. It's staying in that relentless pursuit of greatness. You mm -hmm. stay in that relentless pursuit of greatness to be the best person on social media to put out the best content and you're consistent with it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's definitely, you know, built a name for yourself, as I said. And, you know, you said before, you know, marketing yourself. So I have to imagine it's helped you connect with so many people out there and helped you market yourself, probably helped you get to Akron. But, you know, what has it done for your career? Just big picture. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I tell people like, you know, ever since I've blown up, which I, you know, I really don't think I have at all. Um, you know, I've had a lot of young coaches like reach out and, you know, it, I, I, for all the terrible things that COVID was, it was a renaissance for me because I was able to invest so much time in that, that social media platform. And now all of a sudden, like I follow, you know, an FCS head coach, he follows me back and that didn't happen before or I follow an FBS coordinator or something, they follow me back and then I message them and, you know, they can look on my page with all these followers and they're like, okay, like there's something to this guy. I've gotten into so many more conversations, uh, been able to network and, you know, it, it's great from a professional standpoint, but um, just from a, a network standpoint, but also just like being able to get on a call like this and pick your brain about your culture or, you know, this coach and their punt scheme, this coach and their, you know, what, what are they teaching their defensive line? And like, so it's been a, a renaissance for me all around. Like it's, it, it's been a, a total, you know, just completely immersive learning experience. Like it's, it's been really cool. I love it. It's, it's awesome stuff. And I have to ask, so what's the number one thing you've put out that's gotten the most likes, retweets, views? What's the number one thing out there? Man, I don't know. That's, that's a good question. I said, I, I think it's got to be like that, that first TikTok video is probably at like about 25,000 views or something like that, uh, like 30,000, 40,000 likes. And it was just, you know, how to get exposure, like yeah. highlight film, DM coaches, uh, go to camp. Like it was something really, really simple, but like that's the, the information that those kids don't know. So um, I, and I, I, I try to recreate that and I can't like it's it's crazy how simple it was and you know, you look back on it and it's like so bad, like my, my beard's all scraggly, my hair's bad, but you know, <laughs> it was just quarantine at its finest. And the recruiting content you put out is great. And I said it off air to you and you've alluded to it, but it's great for the actual recruit, the football recruit, but also recruits of other sports that just don't know that information yet where they're at in their high school career. It's good for college coaches. Mm. It's good for high school coaches. It's good for so many different groups of people. So I just kind of want to just talk a little bit about recruiting and, you know, what do you think 
recruiting is all about, like some of the most important things. And whether you want to hit it from the, the college coach perspective, the recruit perspective, but if you can kind of just talk recruiting a little bit for us and the things that you think are most important. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I think I've always kind of like had a knack for just uh, just creating relationships. Um, and I envisioned myself when I said to myself, like as a sophomore in college, I realized I wasn't going to go to the NFL. I, was, I wasn't playing there. Um, I was like, you know what? Like I want to coach college because I love being around these guys. Um, and I, I know I'll be able to go into a school and talk to a kid, build a relationship with a kid. Um, so kind of piggybacking off of that, you know, I, I, I think I kind of grew, you know, just a, a reputation as a good recruiter at the division three level. And, you know, I wanted to, to show that I could do it at the FBS level, be able to play with scholarships and, you know, build a relationship with whoever and, and just, uh, you know, build a, a program like that. Um, so while I was kind of starting to, to get momentum in, in, in social media, I actually got an interview for an FBS director player personnel position. And you know, I didn't really know what went into that. Uh, I asked a couple of friends, kind of clinic with them to get some ideas. Short, you know, long story short, I didn't get it. But because of that, I was really, really interested in knowing everything about that position, everything about the FBS program or FBS process, because I knew Division Three. Uh, uh, recruiting against guys, you know, schools like yours, what, what we had at our sinus while I was at Franklin and Marshall. Um, but I needed to know what I didn't know. Um, so I started emailing every single person and personnel that would, that I could find their email that responded to me. Uh, and it probably was like, you know, 150 people, maybe 25 got back to me, maybe had like 10 conversations. Um, but from those conversations, I was like, Hey, all right you know, one, I want to know what your process is like, but two, but like, what is, what makes a great recruiter? And the one thing that everybody to a T would say is it's somebody that wants to do it. Um, and I think there's so many college coaches who go through and just kind of like want to check the box. Like, all right, I texted this guy, you know, um, that it's, it's kind of frustrating. Like one for, for myself, because it gives college coaches a, a, a bad reputation and, kind of leaves all these kids on Twitter to want to like, they want to know the answers to these questions because they're not getting it from the coaches. They're actually recruiting them. Um, but too, like the college coaches are doing themselves at the service because their teams would be better. Uh, the, just college football would be better if we would recruit better. So uh, I always thought that that was really, really interesting. Um, but I, I think one of the biggest things that has kind of stuck with me in like the same way, like, you know, I have created like my social media strategy and you have your culture strategy. Like I now have like my recruiting strategy, my recruiting process. Uh, but I'm a big believer that like, if you miss on a kid, it's because you didn't ask enough questions. Um, and, and I think like, as I've gone along with this, like my questions and my conversations with kids are like, there's no wasted conversations. Like everything I'm talking to these kids about has some sort of like something I want to get from it. You know, like how often you sit there as a coach, like, man, like, I want to know what this player's about. You know, is he a good leader? Can he take coaching? You know, what, what's his IQ? Like, what's their why? Um, but meanwhile, like, we have so much time to get to know these kids. We never really talk about that stuff. We text them, oh, hey, how was the game? You know, uh, what, how's this? What type of music do you like to, to listen to? So I kind of broke down my process into a, a couple phases. So, like, my first phase now is, like, are they a fit for us? So I'll – 
find out like, you know, all the, the intro stuff, what they want to major in, uh, what, what type of school they're looking for, because, you know, right off the bat and crossing out if they want to be an engineer and we don't have engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, then I'll get into like, and like they're guided questions. Like I'll, my, one of my first questions is, you know, when did you start playing football? And they, you know, second grade. Okay, great. Like what got you into football? And they will tell me like my uncle played or something like that. And like that allows me to kind of ask them questions about their family. All right. Is dad in the picture? You know, how many brothers and sisters do you have? Oh, is, is your little brother going to, you know, follow in your footsteps? But this way, like I can find out what the parents are doing, like who's in the, the, the picture, how many siblings they have, what the siblings names are um, in kind of like a sneaky way, I guess, you know? Um, but again, like everything has its, its purpose. Um, and I'll ask about commitment and stuff like that. And I want to get to like, why do you play football? You know, what, what's the toughest thing that you've ever been through? And it allows them to get really vulnerable with me. And then I get really vulnerable with them. So now, you know, it's a two way street. It's a conversation. And like, you know, I lost my father. If I can connect with a kid who lost his father, didn't grow up with a, a father, you know, now it's making that bond really, really strong. Um, my second phase is probably, more are, are we a fit for them? You know, just kind of asking them, you know, the different things that they're looking for in a program and being able to respond about, hey, this is what our science is. This is what Akron is. Um, and then kind of moving into, you know, who are they going to be? And like, usually around here, you know, at, at Akron, I've kind of realized like, this is where, you know, as I start finding these like second level questions, this is where I want to offer them because now they're going to start getting impatient. Um, but like, I'll ask them like, so what do you think your high school coach? Uh, and like, you'll get some answers like, Oh, he's, he's the best. He's awesome. You know what I mean? Um, but you'll also get some guys like, Oh man, like I can't stand that guy. And if he's saying that about his high school coach, like what he's going to say about you, like now you are like, now, you know, like he could be a, a, a potential, you know, cancer or something like that. Um, always ask like hypothetical leadership questions like, Hey man, like, you know, sophomore misses lift, you know, but what are you doing about that as a leader? Uh, a lot of kids will tell you, I'm going to go yell at them, you know, whatever. And the kid that I want to hear from is going to be like, well, I'm going to ask him why he's missing. Is it because, you know, his dad's not there and he needs a ride? Well, now you can step, now I can step up as a leader and, and give him a ride. So again, like they're really, really like veiled questions, but I'm looking for not necessarily specific answers, but looking for certain qualities in those answers that I'm going to be able to figure out who they're going to be in three or four years. Um, Next phase is, you know, what can we do for them, you know, from a development standpoint on the field athletically. Uh, But I also think like off the field as well. And I think that's, you know, and maybe it's because I come from the division three where, you know, there aren't a lot of guys who are going to go on and play professional football. Um, But I want to find out what, what this kid's all about, what drives him. Um, You know, I I, I do it with my freshmen. I, I call it dream meetings but like sit down, like, Hey, what's your dream, you know? And like, you know, at FBS, everyone's going to say the NFL and all that, but push beyond that. Okay. Well, football is going to end one day. What's your dream beyond that? What can I do to help you get to that, that, that situation? Um, and I, you know, start with the, the recruits. Um, so I can know what's, you know, what's really behind everything, what's really driving them uh, forward. So, <clears throat> and just like, again, like, are there alumni in place that I'm going to be able to, once we get him here, be able to hook him up with and, you know, make his dreams possible. Um, and then finally, it's like kind of like just the closing aspect of it. 
know, defining the negative, like what would keep you from coming to Akron or, or whatever. Uh, and then a big thing that I, I think, um, and this is probably a, a good social media, like Q2 is like, tell a story. Like they always tell you like, you know, you hear uh, something, uh, uh, a stat, you know, 5,000 people died in, you know, this town. You're like, oh, that's terrible. But then you hear a very detailed story about a girl going home, you know, riding a bike at night, gets hit, whatever, like sat there for, you know, whatever. But that that story will stick with you longer than any of those stats will. Um, so I always try to tell the kids a story about someone who had a similar story to them and now what they're doing. And then I'm going to tell them their story and like, hey, this is how we're going to get you to the, that same position to get you to that, that dream that we already talked about. Um, and then obviously like asking for a commitment and stuff. I think too often as coaches, we sit there kind of waiting for them to be like, okay, like, you know, time's right. But they don't know, like they sometimes need to push, be like, hey, are you ready to commit? And if they're not, at least they know that you want them to commit. Because uh, a lot of times, like these kids are really, you know, self-conscious and, and they don't know until you like really, really tell them. Um, so as I said, like every question has a purpose uh, and, and something I'm trying to find out. Uh, and I think, you know, if coaches went into the recruiting process with that, that focus in mind, it would be less of that just filler conversation and more, you know, kids are going to find where their, their fit actually is and who really wants them. So I, I think that would make the process a lot better for everybody. Yeah. I, I love it. It's a very detailed look into who you are, your social media strategy and process, very, very similar to your recruiting strategy and process with how consistent it is, how detailed it is, you know, mm -hmm. and I think there's a lot of, you know, correlation to both of them. And then the third one that you, you hit on, you mentioned your culture strategy, you know, you said social media strategy, recruiting strategy, culture strategy. So I would love to kind of even now get to that as well, because I think all three of those are interconnected to create that alignment for you individually, create the alignment for the organization you're a part of. Mm -hmm. So what is culture to you, coach? Can you kind of define what it means to you and you know what it's all about to you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, culture probably from like a definition standpoint is, you know, a shared set of experiences. Uh, and I, I know it's like such a buzzword now, like, or this is our culture, this is our culture. Um, and I, you know, I've done so much reading of culture books and business, like not necessarily football, um, but it's, it's not going to be like the, the poster on the wall. It's, it's what the people actually believe. It's what the people actually live. Um, and like, like I told you, like I'm on like this endless culture journey where I just want to ask people, you know, what they're doing. And, you know, I, I have my personal, um, feelings, um, and like, I, I, I would love to like learn more about your, you guys and, uh, you know, absolutely. So, yeah, but. I, I agree wholeheartedly with you. It's what we do on a daily basis. It's how we act and live. It's not just what we say. And, you know, I said it to you off air and I've talked about it on previous episodes here, the fast five star podcast, but to me, our culture here at FDU fast five star, you know, and it kind of took on a life of its own a little bit similar to kind of what happened with you is it started as our offensive culture, mm -hmm. you know, what we were doing on offense. But to me, it really came down to the alignment. We needed to align everyone so we could engage them. And then once we engage them, now we can develop them. Mm -hmm. You know, and then when I got promoted to head coach and even in the interview process, fast five star became the overall whole program, you know, mm -hmm. but it started the foundation of the whole system of success is the culture, right? It's the values and the culture. 
um, because everything has to be aligned with that. It's our DNA, it's our blueprint, it's our infrastructure. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think, you know, something you mentioned to me off air as well was, you know, how can we make it actionable? Mm -hmm. Cause it can't just be something that's on the wall. You know, we're all going to have those sayings. And I think once you have those sayings and those buzzwords and your players start repeating them, then you know it's working because they're actually listening and they're actually buying into it. Mm -hmm. you know, but you have to make it actionable. So I would love to see if there's things you've done in your career to make that culture actionable in previous stops at Akron, things you do. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, you know, I, I'm a big Simon Sinek guy. Um, and if you've never read his stuff, you, you got to do it. Um, Leaders eat last, start with why. But uh, his first book is Start With Why. And I, I, I think like, the, the, the one tagline that he says is people don't buy what you do. They buy why you do it. Um, so always like starting with your why, understanding your why. Um, and you know, like I said, like I, I'm driven by the relationships, the friendships, the camaraderie, the ability to help, you know, this young man, like achieve his dreams. Like that's my dream is to help you achieve your dream. Um, so the thing that I've kind of done in my, you know, personal, you know, group I, I haven't like coordinated a defense yet or had a, a larger group but as a linebacker coach d-line coach now i always talk to our guys about the higher standard like you will be held to a higher standard um and i ask them like you know imagine an average player you know what do they do you know they sleep in they show up on time you know have average energy all that type of stuff well, what does a bad player do they're late they're sluggish they're holding everybody back and what does a great player do like they're 10 minutes early they're getting extra meetings they always have energy. Um, and so like, I, I, I was reading something very recently. So like this whole idea of like making your culture actionable is pretty like recent for me. And like, I've kind of been going through like my mind, but like, you know, everyone says, you know, they want men of integrity. They want this, they want that. Well, how do the, those kids know what that is? You can give them that, that, that definition. Um, but like, how are they going to use that in the real world? Um, so the, the one thing that I would always use is uh, like a kind of like a, not a metaphor, but like if you were in the cafeteria and this would happen a lot with our players. Okay. Um, you know, again, like that, that average player is going to clean up after themselves, go bring their dishes to the dishwasher or whatever, you know, the, the bad player, the, the, the below the, the, the standard guy is going to leave their stuff, leave a mess for the, the, the people that have to clean up the, the mess hall. All right. But the, the higher standard is cleaning up after yourself and after others. Uh, and like, I wish I would have realized this, you know, when I was with those guys to, to phrase it like that, because that's something that's actionable. Like, Hey, like this is the expectation. Like this is what you can do to live the standard that I'm talking about and live up to all these ideals that we're talking about. So um, as I said, like making culture actionable is like really kind of new to me. I'd love to know like what you guys have done at FDU to kind of, you know, make your, your culture alive. And I think one of the biggest things is it's every single day doing things that align with that culture, whether it's how we start our meetings. We start every single meeting. We all clap it up. We all put our hands up and we all give five. That's how we start every meeting. That's how we end every meeting. That's how we start every practice. That's how we end every practice, getting our mind right, getting us focused. But it's to me, it's all encompassing, too. And we talked about it a little bit before we you know, started recording this episode on like to us, our system of success, our culture, it's recruiting. It's our player development plan, which is all encompassing. So we need to, you know, the four, the five areas that we're going to develop our guys, academics, football, physical, professional, mental, 
Like mm -hmm. our culture needs to be in all five of those areas, like actionable things that relate to our core values of being a real family. You know, and to mm -hmm. us, the real family, the R-E-A-L, respect, energy, accountability, love. That's how we could be real. If we're real, we could be a family. You know, we mm -hmm. can't just say we're a family. We need to make these things actionable. So like those values now have to hit all five of those areas of our player development plan. But then it's all encompassing. It's in our alumni engagement plan. It's how we practice. You know, I think it has to be in all those things every single day. And, and again, we're at the, at the bottom of it still right now. We're trying to build something here. I think we have the foundation. I think we have the right guys that are bought in and aligned with it. Mm. You know, but again, we're probably similar to what you're doing. We're on this journey here now too. You know, we talk about it. We're on this quest of being fast five stars. So mm. I want to get there personally. We want our program to get there. But I think it comes down to exactly what you said, making it actionable, not just talking about it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yep. No, for sure. And I, I think I've kind of like, you know, tried to develop like a, a seven step process to, to help myself and like to, to build a culture going forward. Mm -hmm. um, and I'd love to like kind of spitball them at you and kind of like get your your input on them and like what you have done that's that's similar. Um so like my first one would be like, give the players ownership, um, like give them the ability to create their rallying cry, either a mission statement, goals, um, but also being able to, you know, dictate kind of how they learn. Like I've done like VAC testing, visual, audio, and kinetic testing before, um, or just get like, allow them to give feedback. Like, hey, we need to do more of this drill, more of that, you know, meeting time needs to be more of this, more of that. So um, I, I think that that one's really, really huge, especially with, like this generation of kids who are going to ask why to everything, uh, allowing them to make them feel like they're making decisions is, is, is impactful. Oh yeah. No, it's, it's huge. And I think that's a, a big part of it. And that goes back to even what you talked about earlier with those relationships, you know, making social media interactive, building relationships in recruiting, asking intentful and purposeful questions, being mm -hmm. interactive, building relationships, and then doing that, giving the players ownership, asking for their feedback, it's more important to them if they know that now it's you, you know, it's important to them you know, mm -hmm. you're asking for, you know, what they like and don't like. And I think that goes a long way to build that trust and to build that family environment that we're all trying to create. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the next one is kind of like, um, I, I don't want to say it's like too new in football, but like you think of football, you think it's, it's tough and it's gritty, but like incentivizing good behavior. And when I, I was first starting to think about this, you know, there's so many different things that we do. And then I kind of connected it to the, the love languages. So like words of affirmation, positive reinforcement, positive encouragement, acknowledgement among peers, gifts. And, you know, this is tough for certain programs, but whether you give them like t-shirts, helmets, stickers, you know, are able to buy them meals, um, acts of service. And I'd love to know, like, cause you kind of touched on it before, but, um, what I've done in the past is, and I called it an IPP, individual player or uh, progression plan. Um, mm -hmm. So that freshman year, I had that dream meeting, find out what their dream is. Mm -hmm. Sophomore year, I try to connect them with uh, alumni, help them with their resume. Junior year, okay, now you can add me to your references. I'm going to help you get an internship, you know, rely on that same alumni. And then senior year, they're going to get a, a letter of recommendation, help them get that job. And again, like incentivize them to keep following these different steps, mm -hmm. uh, again, towards their dream. Um, and then the last, or the, I guess the last two would be quality time, like group meals, group hangouts, things that don't involve football and like have nothing to do with football. 
and then physical touch like high fives, fist bumps, you know, uh, arm around the shoulder. So mm-hmm. I think that stuff is, is pretty good stuff. Like what have you guys done like that? Yeah, no, I think that is, is awesome stuff because at the end of the day, everyone wants something, right? So I think every time you can incentivize it and give them something, you know, we've done, and I know a lot of places have done, you know, you do your accountability teams and competition teams, things like that. And the top player or the top team, you know, will get that hat, the t-shirt, some, some other gear that the rest of the team won't get, you know, and mm-hmm. in last fall we did an offense defense competition and defense ended up winning it. So they got the extra t-shirt, you know, from the fall. So I think anytime you can do something like that, because players feel good when they get something, anyone feels no good doubt. when they get something. So I, I, I love that stuff. I, I really do. Absolutely. And then like, you know, obviously keeping players accountable and that's probably the most important thing when, you know, instilling your culture, whether it's, you know, some sort of individual punishment, you know, if it's multiple offenses, group punishment to expulsion. Um, and then even from like a defensive side, you know, uh, I know our defense got really, really big into this at the end of the year and then during spring ball, but like running pursuits for like lack of efforts and stuff like that. Like I love that stuff. And I think it really translates well to the field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, I think that's that reinforcement too, that daily reinforcement, not just saying it's what we're going to do, but you're actually, making it actionable, all of these things we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then, like, th- just the last couple, you know, growing relationships and, and, and unifying the group, uh, I think, is really important, especially for, for leaders, um, engaging mentally, you know, having a passion for teaching, and then being able to teach it multiple ways, uh, whether it's on the board, in film, PowerPoint, walkthrough, you know, whatever it is. Uh, and then, finally, like, just having, like, that, that system to develop them physically, whether it's like their skills, athletically, um, whatever's going to help them, you know, see the field, find their version of success, uh, I think is really, really important. Yeah. And I think all those areas that you talked about, I believe seven of them, they're all interconnected, you know, and similar to what we're trying to do here with our fast five-star system of success, kind of making it all encompassing with everything, with our values, with our culture, with our, standards with our styles and philosophies with our mission with our vision but it's aligning engaging and developing everyone in that same exact way Mm -hmm. you know similar to what you did there and you know the big one even you hit on relationships you know another exercise we've done is we've done you know becoming a real family is what we call the exercise and we've had players even in this virtual world we've been living in and we really did it a lot towards the end of last academic year when the pandemic was really hitting and then in the summer but becoming a real family guys getting up in front of the whole team on zoom. And why do they play football? Why do they wear number 14? Tell Mm. us a little bit about your family. Do you have siblings? You know, where do you live? What do you love to do? What's your dream job? Tell Mm. us about yourself because we can't say we want to be a real family, but then we don't do anything to become that real family. And I think that exercise exponentially strengthened the bonds on our team. And it's going to be something we'll continue to do as we move forward. That's awesome. Yeah, that's, that's, that's good stuff. Well, no, coach, I, I love all that stuff. Um, Want to hit one football question here. I know we've been talking a lot of recruiting, social media, culture. Want to hit one football question. I know you've coached all three phases. You know, not a lot of coaches have done that. You've coached offense, defense, special teams. Can you kind of just talk about how that's made you a better coach from the football perspective? Yeah, absolutely. Like uh, I, I said before, like, you know, I got defensive coordinator responsibilities very, very young where, you know, I kind of knew defenses but didn't really know what they stopped or why they stopped them. 
um, what was good against what. Like, I was lucky enough to have some really, really good football players uh, that made me look like I knew what I was doing. So um, when I got to Bethel, like, just learning, you know, what, what's, what's the running back reading on outside zone, on inside zone, what's his pass pro, um, made me understand the defense a little bit more. So then it was awesome to jump back to defense again and dive into it even more, understand quarters, what's it good against, you know, what's it weak against, um, and then, you know, continue to, to develop getting my own philosophies. Um, and like at Ursinus, when I first got there, it was just basically me and Shane Eaches, who he's now the defensive coordinator at a, at a Houston Baptist. And it was just me and him game planning. And like, you know, I was 27 at the time. He was 26. So we were young and it was just us. And we threw some really stupid things on the board and learned some, some lessons the hard way, but it was awesome. And like, uh, I feel like I know so much more about defense uh, just because of every single, you know, he would throw up an idea. I'd pick holes in it. You know, I throw up an idea, you know, he'd say, what's wrong with that. Um, and now being able to come to, to Akron, learning a, a different defense, different style of defense in, in the fall. And then this past spring, uh, I, I've been helping out with the, the running backs and like learning an NFL system that has spread like shades, like has been like, boom, like the, the, the lights are going off in my head. Like it's, uh, it's been really, really good. And then, you know, given the special teams opportunity at her sinus um, was awesome. Uh, and again, going to that, I definitely did not know all the ins and outs, uh, kind of did what we had done before and what I'd done as a player. Um, but then as I, I learned more about it, like I, became, I, I got into my own, like we were running the, the three-man shield, which I'd never ran, but I got it from, from some of my friends. And it developed into the pro style rugby that I absolutely love, like stole it from Muhlenberg because it gave us trouble. And like, you know, I once heard a coach say, like, do the things that give you trouble. I'm like, this is great stuff. And like, honestly, like going forward, you know, I would probably run that punt because it was just so effective, causes so many, so many headaches. Uh, I would love to see it at the, at the FBS level. Um, but then getting to Akron and taking it to the next level where like, Coach Hurd has like a doctorate in special teams. And like, you know, there's nothing that we do schematically that we weren't doing at our science. And I, I didn't understand, but to see the level of detail in what he's looking for in the learning progression has been awesome. You know, like day one at, 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 or at our sinus, we would do some sort of, you know, let's say day one kickoff return. We're doing some sort of drop drill and we'll, we'll drop and then we're going to block somebody, whatever. Well, we're not going to do that at Akron. That first day we're doing stance and start. Then that second day we're, we're dropping and that, that man running down, uh, he knows he's going to run, then go to the left. Then he knows he's going to run, then go to the right. So the, the kickoff return guy knows what to expect, but he's still building that muscle memory and he's doing it. And then it's not going to be until that third day that we're going to put it all together. Hey, you know, kickoff return guy, you're dropping. And now kickoff guy, you're going wherever you, you can go. Um, so just really giving these guys reps to, so the first time they're going out there is not the first time that they're, they're doing it. Um, and I think that, you know, that's something that I was lacking in the past. So um, it's been a really, really awesome experience here. Just learning so much about special teams. So um, it's been awesome. Oh yeah. And it seems pretty consistent. All guys that I've talked to that have coached OD and specials 
all love the experience and it makes them better wherever you end up coaching at the end of the day, it's going to make you a better coach. And you're always learning. You're always growing. You're always developing. That's a major part of being fast five-star. And it's something that you've done throughout your entire career, whether it be the football specific, whether it be social media, whether it be recruiting, whether it be culture, you know, it's something you do day in and day out to, you know, try to chase that greatness. And, and coach, to, to wrap it up with one last question that I love to ask all of our guests, as you know, being fast five-star is bringing great energy and passion in our relentless pursuit of greatness to get to that elite championship level. There was one last piece of advice you'd give our listeners that's helped you get to that level. What would it be? Oh, that's good. Um, you know, I, I think it's just really, really being process oriented. Um, I'm a really, really big believer that like winning is a byproduct of your culture and uh, of what you're doing. Um, the thing that I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, breathing life into for myself personally is, you know, it's a hundred percent that we want to be, it's a, it's a fact that we want to be a hundred percent fact being focus, accountability, communication, and trust, and just being a hundred percent across the, the team. Um, because like, you know, yourself as a coach, the, the games or the seasons that you've gone in, you're like, I don't know if I can trust everybody. I don't know if we have great communication. Like you probably have some problems and, and you're not going to be as good as you, you, you probably can. Um, but I feel like when you have those things in alignment, like, you know, it's going to come down to the way that the ball bounces. You'll have a chance in every single game. So just focusing on those little, little details um, and focusing on the process, like everything else will, will be a, a byproduct of what you're doing, you know, from yeah. Sunday to, to Friday. So no doubt about it. I would say you're process oriented, you know, going back to all the things we've talked about. And I know I mentioned it a couple of times, but whether it's the process for social media, the process for your culture, the process for recruiting, the process for special teams, you're doing it in all facets, you know, of your career here, which is awesome. And coach, can you just drop a way for our listeners to connect with you? I know we've talked about social media a ton, so maybe it's your Twitter, your Instagram, your TikTok, an email address. You know, you yeah. have a lot of avenues that you're very, very active on. But if there was a best way for our listeners to connect with you further, what would that be? Absolutely. Uh, at Coach Cage, and that's uh, Cage with a K. And that's Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. Uh, I don't know. You you name it, I'm probably on it. So, uh, And my DMs are open. So I'm always interested in the conversation and networking and learning more about everybody else, what they're doing. Well, I appreciate that, Coach. I, I know our listeners are going to get a ton from this episode. I know I got a ton from our conversation here. Looking forward to all of your continued success in your career this coming fall at Akron. And thanks again for joining us on the Fast Five Star Podcast. Thank you. Wow! What a phenomenal conversation with Coach Anthony Calgene. It's clear to see how Coach has made a name for himself. Fast Five Star is a system, mentality, and lifestyle. Always learning and evolving, but at the same time, staying true to who we are. It's exactly what Coach Calgin has done. And as he said, this pandemic and being in quarantine was a renaissance for him. It's in times like these that some of the greatest things happen. And Coach is doing just that. He's taken himself and his process to a whole new level. Day in and day out, learning, developing, and evolving. 
But at the same time, staying true to who he is. I just love his process and strategies and how detailed they are. Everything done with a purpose and everything done with intent. Whether it be social media, recruiting, or creating a culture. Getting to a championship level in any of those areas is a byproduct of the process and the strategies that surround it. Whether it be on social media, where he has a very detailed plan built on authenticity, consistency, and being interactive. Or with recruiting, where he has a multi-phase process. Or with creating a culture where he has a seven-step process to make it happen. It's all done with a purpose, and every area is connected. So Coach is aligned in one direction with all that he does. And at the end of the day, as Coach said, it's a fact we want to be 100%. So have the focus, accountability, communication, and trust. And then you'll have a chance to win. You'll have a chance to make it happen. And along the way, build great relationships. Because as we've heard from every guest we've had on the show, it's those relationships that will not only get you to the championship level, but those relationships will keep you there long term. And as seven-time national champion Nick Saban has said, Focus on the process, not the outcome. I want to thank Coach Anthony Calgene for joining us on the Fast Five Star Podcast. And I want to once again thank everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of the FFSP. Remember, subscribe to the Fast Five Star Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts. On Anchor, on Spotify. Rate it, review it. Leave us a comment or a voice message. Follow us on our social media, on Twitter, on Instagram, at Jim Robertson QB, at Fast Five Star, at Wide World of Rome. Hit us up so we can connect and stay on this journey of being Fast Five Star together. I hope everyone has a Fast Five Star Friday. Be process-oriented and create your strategies to get you to the top. And until next week, we are all aboard.